Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> So good evening and welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. It's Thursday the 8th of September. My name is Louis Mendez. I'm your host for this evening as we look ahead to the Addicts game up at Fleetwood Town on Saturday. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley is uh, Greg Stubbley. How are you doing, Greg? Yeah, I'm very well, Louis. Yeah, it's uh, great to have you back. Yeah, I've, I've been, seen you for a while in the Charlton well, studio. Yeah, I've been busy. had uni and then the summer and been away in Hastings a lot, my lovely girlfriend, so it's been been busy, yeah? Yeah, so you've got a shout-out for your lovely girlfriend. Yeah, yeah sure, well she'll appreciate well that. I imagine, I imagine she's always dreamt of being on Charlton Live, isn't she? <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> on, um, well, on tonight's show, we're going to talk about uh, the comings and goings throughout the last few days of the transfer window. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Russell Slade as he outlines how important the team spirit garnered at the Valley has been so far this time. We're going to hear from the development squad's uh, 7-2 fresh in the Coventry uh, City, hearing from Jason. We're going to find out how our international players did when representing their countries over the last week or so. And of course, we're going to look ahead to Saturday's game at Highbury with uh, Fleetwood Town, including what I imagine is going to be quite a brief Charlton Connection segment this week as we remember (laughs) defender Richard Wood who has turned out for both clubs. One of the, I think, only two players who's turned out for both clubs. The other one being Egbert Johnson. or Egger Johnson. Whose section would be even shorter than, uh, than Richard Wood's one. Uh, but yeah, don't forget, you can, uh, you can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive if you want to get involved with tonight's show. We're going to keep an eye on that. Um, but yeah, right. Uh, as we've been off for the extended uh, transfer window, or the international break even, the uh, the transfer window slammed shut at 11 o'clock when Jim White had had enough. And uh, Charlton uh, actually did some business on the final day, and more importantly, didn't do some other business. Yeah, I think that's a perfect summary, really. And as well, you can add to that is uh, the relief that we managed to keep hold of uh, a certain Adam Lutman. Someone that, for the majority of the day, seemed like he might be on his way, especially if it was to Palace, that would have been yeah, an absolute that's, that's disaster. That's a bit of business I'm quite glad we didn't do. <laughs> Precisely, and you know, I think going into it where we, we lost Tariq and we brought in Adam Chickson and suddenly it's like Slade said, oh, well, I'm hoping to get two more players in. Um, and he said it quite a lot over the summer where he, he said to, to the, the press, including me and you, that he wants to get these certain players in by a certain time and it hasn't happened for one reason or another. Um, and on this occasion, he said, I wanted to get two players in, and he only managed to get the one. But that, that one looks a good signing. Um, the central midfielder from Burnley, uh, Frederick. How do you say his surname? I haven't even practiced it yet. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, Tony Hart's <laughs> done, done a good job, right? Ulfstad? Ulfstad? Ulfstad. Ulfstad. It's lucky me and you don't work in radio, isn't it? <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, normally I'd, I'd, I'd ask someone, or. As I did with Nabosha Vinovich, I'd make it up and stick to my guns, and therefore everyone believes me. <laughs> yeah, usually um, the the press guys usually know the the correct saying. I remember McKeenock was one people used to get wrong. McKeenock, yeah. yeah. Everyone used to say McKeenock and used to get really annoyed by that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so let's start. Let's say Adam Chickson, the former MK Dons Brighton, uh, is a fullback, isn't he? Uh, Twenty four years old. Yeah, I mean, 
ideally we wouldn't have liked to have seen Tariq go I think Tariq is a great prospect and someone who will go on to bigger and better things eventually whether he'll get game time at Huddersfield is, is yet to be seen I mean Huddersfield have had a good start of the season they've got a good youthful side and Tariq will know people there in Casey Palmer's formerly of, of Charlton Andy Hughes is working there so he's got familiar faces and uh, we needed backup, and we've got that Chickson. He's he's experienced the League One. He's he's only 24, so he's still got room for improvement. And um, so far, he he seems to have settled in well. So, I mean, ultimately, that's that's a decent signing. Um, it was needed to be done, and I'm glad it got done quickly. Uh, Slade was was obviously happy just to get another body in, in that position. And um, as I was saying, the one disappointment for me over transfer window is the, the, the lack of a of a winger, another winger or, or attacking player. I think. If if you lose Adam Oled through international duty and, and Jordan Bataka as well, and that one of them picks up an injury, then automatically you've only got two wingers there, and you're relying on on Ricky Holmes or, or one of the other two to to perform there or play Foley there. And I, I just feel like there needs to be that extra winger, or unless someone from the under 21s is going to step up, yeah. but. Do you think that's likely to be the player that, that Russell Slade was hoping for that we missed out on? Yeah, I think he mentioned it somewhere. He mentioned that he wanted another winger. Um, I don't know where I read that. I think it might have been New Shopper or somewhere like that. He said he wanted to get that another winger in. and um, I, I, It's a position where I think, especially with having on a, on a bench, you can bring someone on, you can change the game, and you can really go for it, and, and someone a bit more fresh. Ricky Holmes is 29, so and he picks up these... He gets targeted, I feel, by defenders. I think mm. defenders really going hard on him because of the style of play he plays with, and I think you're likely to pick up an injury with him. And as I've said, Jordan and Adamola go away on international duty, and they do a lot of travelling. So it would have been nice for me, and it, and hopefully we can we can bring one in and on a free transfer market. But again, that looks unlikely at the moment. So let us know what you guys made of our, our summer transfer business. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Um, back to Chicks. I mean, uh, like he only actually played 17 times for Brighton over the three years, but he did see loan spells out with Gillingham with Orient. So more more experienced in the lower league, and then we saw him briefly. I think for the what twenty five minutes or so against the Southampton under twenty threes in that game. Um, yeah, obviously way too soon. I know he played he played for the development squad during the week as well. Yeah, I mean, I I more remember him from MK Dons. I think he played over a hundred times there earlier in his career, and um, I, I presume that would have been League One as well. And I, I seem to remember him from that. I've seen him play for for Brighton. I think I've watched. So, I saw Brighton under 21s against Charlton under 21s when I was down at uni down there and he played left back and I seem to remember him playing well he, he just seems like a steady steady player he's just going to fill that position and Morgan Fox hardly missed a game last season and, and hopefully that will be the case this year as well and he's another player that, that very nearly went as well and mm. I think if Tariq hadn't have gone, um, I could have seen us accepting a... It's apparently got a decent bid for him. I could have seen us accepting that. I think because <laughs> we just lost Tariq and we already bought in a left-back replacement, I think Charlton were really reluctant to, to sell not only another young player, but so that someone that is actually going to be quite a key player for the, us this year in terms of his, his consistency and his, 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 where his position is. Because it was quite interesting with the whole Tariq thing, because I know as fans, when we, you know, we remember when he came into the side for that period last season, particularly the Birmingham away game where he did really well to set up a goal I think playing on the wrong side as well for him but he um, you know he, he looks like an exciting player but just give the impression that maybe Slade didn't see as much in him because he, he hardly featured this season I think came on against Cheltenham if I remember mm. rightly maybe once or twice other but. yeah it's, it's a weird situation Tariq because I've seen him have some fantastic games and I've also seen seen him have some really poor ones I remember um, you mentioned the Birmingham game I wasn't at that one but I remember a week before 
Uh, it was at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. He came on, played right back, which was out of position for him and was was outstanding. And then he played it. I remember a few weeks later, he played against Bolton at left back. Uh, Morgan Fox was out for one reason or another, and he was awful. He, he got <laughs> he had a torrid time against I mean, Liam Feeney, just beat him every time he got to him. And it was this sort of situation. It's like, whoa, hang on, where's that come from? A few weeks ago, we were seeing this fantastic footballer. And uh, over the summer, I, I saw that we were, we were at the Cheltenham game, and I remember his cameo was one of the worst I've seen in a Cheltenham shirt. He, he gave the ball away really cheaply, and it really frustrated Russell. So, I mean, if you get a good offer in from a from a, a side that's above you in, in the championship, and if Tariq's turned around and said, I want to leave, then you are left with a position, well, I haven't seen enough that makes me really want to keep you. I've mm. got Morgan in, ahead of you, but... I'm still sad because I think he's he's a good player on his day and he's he's got the potential to play not only a left back, left left wing, or, or even central mid. Mm. Right, as you say, another player that came in. We've already uh, tripped over his name, uh, Frederick Ovstad, Burnley midfielder, has come in on the, on the loan for the rest of the season. Norwegian international as well. I know no Norway aren't the world's greatest, but you know you play for your national team at, at that age, 24 years old. Uh, only five appearances for Burnley last year as, as they were going up. It was, it was a team that was going up that had a, a strong midfield anyway. So Yeah, precisely. I think Burnley's midfield was quite regular as well throughout the season. They, were, they didn't pick many injuries up there. Jerry Barton, Scott Arfield, Dean Marnie, players like that who, who just work half for the team and can play through 38, 46 games, however many. And um, I think you, you can't really base it on appearances. You've got to try and base it on his probably his more his personality what, what kind of attributes he, he can bring and, mm. and what Sean Dyche made of him Sean Dyche would have seen him throughout in training I find it interesting that Burnley have loaned him out instead of looking looking just to sell him permanently to us mm. I think whether we've, we've inquired for the loan I, I don't know but I found that a bit interesting enough and Burnley fans say that he's, he's good enough to keep playing in Championship yeah. so I mean it's, it's a signing that we none of us really know much about in all honesty but mm. it's a signing that could be pivotal for us in the season yeah. I mean you're going off what, what Russell Slade was saying in, in press day today which you can you can hear on a Charlton YouTube page saying that he's got a real good engine like he's, he said he's the fittest player uh, he's ever seen obviously I'm assuming in the fitness stakes rather than like the Johnny Jackson good looks kind of states but um, <laughs> uh, but I mean f- for me the midfield is the, it's the you've one you've given th- away your fancy there <laughs> <laughs> that was Sue told me one of the um, the main positions for me that I, you always felt there was another body or a, a different type of player that, that we needed to come in was that central midfield because we've had yeah. and we've seen Jackson playing mainly on the left wing he's popped into the central midfield for a game and a half a couple of games he's struggling with injury now anyway but when, when we had Foley and Cross there, they both got their merits, but they're both very similar. So just to have a different type of player, perhaps, in the middle might have been important. And also, I think a lot of people forget about um, Kevin Foley. So he's, he's not a central midfielder. He's not even a, he's not even a midfielder full stop. His natural position's a right back. He can cover central midfield for the odd game. And I think he's been treated a little bit harshly by fans. Some fans are saying, oh, he's not worth extending his deal when it runs out in January. So, well, hang on a minute. This guy's been signed as, as cover more than anything. Yeah, he shouldn't be starting. But ultimately, he's, he's he's done an all right job. He hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't made too many mistakes. He hasn't done anything fantastic either. I, I agree with that. But ultimately, it gives Kevin that little leeway to to go off and play in his more natural positions. Uh, secondly, it gives the likes of Johnny Jackson, Andrew Cross, who are in in the mid thirties, the, the chance to rest a little bit more. And also, it, it, as you said, it's an engine, and we, we missed that this year. And there's no Jordan Cousins who for the last two years has been that engine in the midfield I just hope that Ulfstad or however you say his name is going to have that little bit of a finished product he's got that little bit of creativity in him because that's what that midfield really lacks is that little bit of creativity 
especially in the middle. And there's certain games we struggled to find that right pass, that final pass. And the likes of Nicky Jose will be licking their lips if he can do that. Uh, good evening to Marion and to uh, Pete Superaddict. Both tweeted in to say they're listening. Uh, Pete says, uh, I, I sort of asked what, what happened. Uh, what did you make of our summer transfer business? And he, he said, whatever happened to that Scottish bloke who was allegedly a striker? It's a bit harsh on Tony, who's obviously gone uh, on loan up to uh, Hearts, isn't he? Uh, right, so we've talked about the players that have come in. I mean, there was, like I say, Slade was hoping for one more um to, to come and didn't didn't happen. We don't know for certain who that was. There was rumours of who it, of who some players we were looking at could have been. Like there was the the, the lad Louis Thompson from Norwich, I think was one mm-hmm. of them, uh, and that didn't happen. Um, uh, and then, but then it got it got to uh, after I think after All Stuff was announced, the Charlton media team announced that there was no more business going on. Uh, Ollie tweeted his photo of Adam O'Lillman celebrating, which he accidentally leaked or. Possibly purposely leaked as a joke, sort yeah, of earlier. Purposely done, yeah. No, 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 it was quite funny though, and uh, and then uh, off they went. So that's when we knew that that Lookman wasn't going. Uh, no more ins, no more outs. So the transfer window closed, and we're safe. We're, we're over the line. No, no one else is leaving till the next day. Uh, when uh, we we were greeted with a somewhat shock news that Alu Diara was leaving. Now um, the the club agreed to it was a mutual agreement to uh, cancel his contract. Uh, Alu saying that he wanted to go, you know, thanking the club, blah blah blah. He wants to go back to France to be near his his um, family. And then Oli tweeted about um, how how nice a chat he had with him, and he said, "Oh, Alu's told me he's not really certain if he's going to carry on playing or if he's going to go into coaching." And within 20 minutes of that tweet, he's signed for AS Nancy. So, I mean, what what actually has happened there? Have we, uh, has he pulled the wall over our eyes, or is it? Uh, I've I've not actually had a chance to speak to Holly about it. I was, <laughs> I was hoping to catch a word of him about that. There must have been some sort of. I mean, we don't know when that talk happened with mm. with Ollie. That could have happened a, a few days before. It could be, it could have been that afternoon. But it was a bit weird that all of a sudden it was announced in, in that space of time. But it would be a big loss. I, I think Alu, out of the, the, the squad in the last few years, the last couple of years, Alu's been someone who's been consistent. He's been a bit of a, a unsung hero, really. He's played in centre back, which he never played. For, in that position before he joined us he's played central midfield and has done excellently he was unlucky not to win player of the year last year and he's someone who he missed a little bit of last year and if we had him through that we might not have been in a position yeah, it was, still it was, would have been let's be honest but yeah, <laughs> we might have been in a better it was position. pretty much the whole I think he got he got injured at Bristol City and I don't remember seeing him again after that was it that was like uh, he'd come in and out of Boxing Day I, yeah, think, that know, was it. I think he got fit towards the end of the season if I remember correctly he played a couple of games towards the end but really? I, I can't was remember was that not that was Cashy, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure Diara featured yeah. again, or, or or was supposed to be, and, yeah. and picked up another injury. But it'd be a, it'd be a, it'd be a big loss for for the the only the side. only Charlton player, uh, well, the only World Cup finalist who's ever played for the Addicts, and uh, we salute him for that. And I think he's also the only Charlton player who's ever scored against Millwall. Um, well, certainly in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that was it. Uh, other other news. I mean, Carlin Ahern Grant signed a new deal. That's good good news. I mean. Carlin is if you ever watch if you ever go down and watch him under twenty three level, he's he's right Too up good. there with the best players mm. like at that level. We saw him when he came into you know start a couple of seasons ago against uh, Bournemouth, I think was his debut. And and he never really hit the ground running in the first team sphere because he was mm. seventeen years old. Yeah, Carlin's someone that I think we forget how young he still is. He's what, nineteen, eighteen, nineteen still? Yeah, he'll be nineteen, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, he's someone who, as you say, we, we'll go to the, the we see if a lot of the under twenty threes, under twenty ones, and he always puts in a good performance. Always does well for the team, and I just think if this was, 
if he hadn't played a game for Charlton's first team and we saw him in the under-21s, we'd be like, oh, he deserves a chance. He deserves a, a little bit of call-up. He's had to deal with his sort of confidence like boost as such recently like now that the team's changed a bit now he's he's a bit more focused on what he needs he's been out on loan a couple of times and I think it's a, I think it's right that Carlin now tries to settle down in and out under 23 he can't go out on loan um, at the moment so he's, he's going to be in our under 23 squad and he's, he's just got to keep performing in that way and and keep impressing what he scored was it two or hat-trick or the, yeah he got, he got a, a brace on uh, on uh, Monday, I think we're going to come on to that game in a bit because that was quite an outstanding victory for the uh, uh, the under twenty threes. I mean, now we've been talking about um, uh, signings that have happened. I mean, I, I don't know if it's worth. Should we listen to Russell Slade first? He's talked about the sort of atmosphere around the. Um, he's talked about the sort of atmosphere around the club uh, during the week, and we, we've just got a little snippet of that interview. Then we're going to come out. And we're going to talk about Greg's made some suggestions of players we could or perhaps should be uh, thinking of signing. Uh, who are they? Free all free agents are they, Greg? So. Yeah, yeah. So that's something we've. But uh, but we'll we'll listen to what Russell says. He's been talking about how the perhaps the camaraderie around the squad has been uh, for the last few uh, weeks. I know it's been mentioned before, but a lot of changes have been made here to the training ground with the, the photos going up. The canteen was spruced up a bit. There's more televisions around. There's more motivational quotes on the walls. All small little changes. I mean, how how much of a difference do you think those things make? Well, I just wanted it to be. Um a strong working environment where your players come in and want to be here and have the opportunity to flourish in the environment they're in and and with that comes like you know an organization and a discipline and and um, and an identity even with the suits that we've got the, all the players are in the suits now so and and I know who my players are when they turn up on a Saturday and the fact that you know that's our group you know it means something um and I think that's important that um, you know that that mental strength between the group grows, and you know quickly there's become an appreciation of each other's ability and what they can bring to the table, and, and that's that's important as well because recognising people's strengths is uh, is massive. Certainly, from being at the training ground, there's a real a real positive atmosphere around the place. There aren't, and the squad is just as as one. There aren't. Any small pockets of players? There's there's one group. I mean, how important is togetherness for for a squad? No, I, look, the players went out together um, as a group. Obviously, some players were on international duty, but I think about 18 of them went out on on Friday together, which is a really good sign. You know, the happy, comfortable, enjoying each other's company because that's a big thing, as you, as you mentioned, with the with the, the eating facility now, which is which is a lot better. Um, it's more a restaurant than a canteen, as you called it, but it's a, it's nice now. It's a good it's a good place to be, um, and 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 that's what you want to encourage because, at the end of the day, you want you want to take excuses away from players and and for them to you know fully focus on on their football on each other, um, and collectively, you know try try to build a group strong enough to be successful. I mean the signs are good in training, even even in the even in the warm up. I was looking at the warm up with Carl today, and uh, really closely, and you know he's doing some little drills, um, you know over short distances, but the application and dedication to to ensure they were doing it was 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 absolutely first class, and th- and that's what I want. I want them every time they they walk out on the training ground to be the very best version of themselves every day, and and. That's going to, one, give them 
an opportunity to to, to play if they if they're going to do that and, and giving themselves an opportunity to to improve and get better. As well as working hard on the training ground, there's lots of lots of laughing and joking, lots of smiling, which is which is just as important. Yeah, no, 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 no. As I, as I, as, I, as I touched on earlier, to enjoy each other's company and uh, to have that rapport with each other is is, is important. And um, you know, as you as you well know, if people are enjoying life um, together and they're getting on, um, they enjoy the work more. Then you know, they're more likely to put it in. Um, for each other or if a mistake's made maybe somebody will go that extra inch to, to cover up that mistake that was made you know and, and that's that's important because um, football is about inches at times you know it's a very very fine line um, life's also about inches so to, to, to breed to breed a culture of togetherness um, like that is I think very important and that's certainly been translated on the pitch isn't it I mean Aside from the first week of the season, the two games we've had the lead in, we've won. And the two games we've been behind in, we've come from behind. And certainly against Bolton, to get such a late goal. Yeah, no, 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 I'm pleased with the fact that we've come from behind. Um, We've had to claw our way back in um, to those games. Left it late in the last one, but thoroughly deserved to get back in it. Um, Yeah, I I think they're good signs, because um, when, when all's not well... Uh, as a football club, uh, it's not very often that you come from behind because you've not got that will almost, to, and you're not prepared to make that sacrifice to um, to drag yourself up and uh, battle for something. Um, but we've got that. We've got that at the minute, and uh, not only do we want to keep that, we want to build on that and make that even stronger. Something that fans may not have seen. There's a big sign at the end of the tunnel that reads, "This team never gives up," and certainly. In the Bolton game, that that was translated onto the pitch with a goal coming coming so late. That must be really pleasing for you. Yeah, well, I don't want a group that gives up. Um, don't win anything if you if you've got individuals or a, or a group that are prepared to give up at any stage. That's, that's why I say you've got to be the best version of yourself every time. You know, you cross that white line, um, and I think that's what fans want to see. I just I think they. Want to see a group that you know fighting passionately for for the team, and you know even in defeat, uh, you know are throwing everything they possibly can at it, and um, to to get a positive result for the club. That, that's what it's about. That's what people want to see. That's what I want to see, and um, that's what we want the players to deliver. And you know, as I say, it's only early signs. You can't you can't draw conclusions. Um, Comfortably after five games, You've, uh, it takes time, and you know obviously the curve at the minute is, is, is progressive, and that's what we want to see. And just finally, you touched on it a few minutes ago. The players now, for every home game, uh, arrive in suits. I mean, what was what was the thinking behind that? I know it's something no, you wanted identity, to implement. Again, that identity, being together as one, um, is what we are. Is you know, it's that. Um, some people may say it's, it's that discipline and all looking together. I think at home games, I think it's the it's uh, it, it's the right it's the right thing to do. Um, and I don't see the problem. The players enjoying wearing them anyway, so I don't see I don't see the issue there. I just um, think it's just another small step.
ejection! Ejection! Your favorite music and everything local. Your Maritime Radio. Welcome back to Channel Live here on Maritime Radio, coming to you live from the Valley. Louis Mendez joined in the studio by uh, Greg Stubbley. I just heard there we were listening to Russell say we're talking about we're talking about the the makeup of the squad in terms of personnel, in terms of players. But what we haven't really perhaps touched on just yet is the makeup of the squad in terms of characters and and the way that, that the manager will try to build a, a certain characteristics. And we all know Chris Powell. Kerbishly, Kerbishly was well known for, for that sort of thing. Chris Powell was Kerbishly's. Uh, pupil basically and, and was very similar and made sure you get the right characters and that's what we're seeing from Russell Simon. and that's certainly what we have not seen over the last two, three seasons here with the, the sort of managers we've had coming in I remember hearing stories about fights in the dressing rooms or arguments in the dressing rooms away at Huddersfield in particular but you know uh, little groups little cliques where, where it's not mixed in and that's what obviously they've tried to change here and, and you get the impression that sort of thing's happening this time Yeah I remember when I was on work experience last last year ahead of the, the season last um, last uh, campaign that the guys we were bringing in were really nice guys, really really nice guys. But I did notice this sort of division at times. You know, I'd go in even little things like the canteen, or I see groups of players talking to one another, and other groups of players not. And then all of a sudden, you've got the youngsters getting involved, and the youngsters have got their own little patch, and they needed a little bit of support. And we didn't have a lot of leaders last year. That was another problem. Um, only maybe Chris Solly, Johnny Jackson, and maybe Alu Diara. I mean, Henderson, maybe some of that. Henderson. So you're still looking at what four players already this summer. Um, the players we brought in. I look at Pierce. I look at um, players like uh, Andrew Crofts, Kevin Foley. Um, and then you got Jacko again. Declan Rudd seems like a bit of a leader at times. Um, Morgan Fox is a year older. He, he'll probably develop to be a bit of a leader. And it's a bit more of a squad that we can sort of relate to. I think this year, personally, it's a personal opinion. It doesn't it doesn't represent every fan. I, I, I'm sure of that, but. Certainly, players have come in and, and and spoke well about Charlton already. They know what we're about. They know what we've been through. And certainly, from someone like Jason Pierce, who's who's been captains at his last couple of clubs, Andrew Cross was captain at Brighton for a little bit, and I think he was vice captain at Norwich, something like that. These are the sort of players that, when we do bring in the youngsters, they'll learn from them. I remember reading in the program. I think Brandon Hanlon said um, that Andrew Cross has been great for him, and. That's that's the sort of things you want to hear, and it's good to hear Russell talk about this. He, he could have been, you know, said to him, "Oh, you've got to mention this," but you can tell that when he talks, especially like that, that it comes from his own personal opinions, his own personal beliefs. And the the prime example is, is the suit. It's something so small, but he's he's like he wants to see players come out after games in suits. Yeah. Now, as you know, through doing press, that. Whenever the players used to come out, they used to come out in their tracksuit. There's nothing wrong with that, but they used to go off and do their own thing. Now it's sort of like they all sort of leave together or they all sort of do their, their thing under the orders of, of the manager and they've got this real togetherness and that is, that's great. And I mean, it's only a small step. There's still plenty of work that needs to be done, but as long as we keep seeing these changes, we see it at the training ground and the, the ground, I don't know if people know, but in the tunnel, there's a, there's a sign now. I think it says, oh, I can't remember. This team never gives up. This or team never like gives yeah, up, yeah. So, yeah. And Pound did that, if you remember correctly. And, um, I remember Guy Luzon when he came in really liked Pound's, um, Pound's sign, that sign. 
And when it got taken down, guy loose on turn around to to Irvin was like, uh, "Where's my sign?" <laughs> so he was yeah. like, obviously little things like that got yeah. taken away, and that's, that's what we that's what we need. It's funny. It's funny is with the, like the suit thing, how how much more professional people look like. Um, so I remember the first. I think it must have been it must have been the first home game, which was Northampton. I was coming in through the press entrance at the same time. I saw Nicky Jose and mm. one other player walking in, and. Uh, uh, well, the other the other player must have got here earlier because he was already in his tracksuit. So it was quite you know, n- nearer the time you'd expect the players to already be here. But Joseph was walking down in his suit, and I thought, oh, he must be injured and not playing because you never. I was just not used to seeing him. I mean, no. uh, Russell Slade gets changed into a suit after the game before he comes out to do the interviews. So we're, like you'll see him when he's tracksuit yeah. when he comes out to do the interviews in the press conference. He's in uh, he's in his suit now. Obviously, we we talk about um, characters and. These all, these things will help to build characters, um, and part of your transfer policy has to be about characters. Now, in the two weeks we've been in the two weeks since we've been off, a bit of news has um, sort of hit 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 the, uh, the the papers and stuff, the local papers, and it was on. A, I think it was first spotted in a Dutch newspaper, a story about Cholton, um, and and we <laughs> the, the, the pair of us found this quite weird because we sort of already knew it, but we didn't know the name. Or I think a lot of people probably already knew. That our scouting perhaps wasn't done the traditional way. Um, in fact, we I even remember saying on this show, if you uh, probably at some point last season, I remember being told by Carol Fry that he didn't even agree with how some of the scouting was done here, video analysis, statistical analysis. Yeah, I, th- I think it was the makeup of, the, of this whole network when it came in. It was like we're, we're not only bringing, you know, the, the players from from other teams, we're also bringing in this sort of philosophy around around developing players and things like that. I think the only thing that's not been Mentioned that perhaps wasn't known. It wasn't just the name. Was the, 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 the perhaps the lack of experience? I mean, I I don't know for sure what what the, that case was. I only know that, that there was someone in, involved who was involved in with like a used to scout these players. And Tom, Thomas Dry. I mean, Thomas Dryson is the name that's been mentioned yeah. in the news shopper. I mean, you look at him. Uh, I, I recognise his picture straight away because I remember at the start of Riga's reign, first reign. Uh, I remember seeing him at a couple of away games because that's where like generally away games for some mm. reason that. The analysts seem to be quite near the press, so I don't think they are here at the Valley, they're on the other mm-hmm. side. But um, So I'd seen him at a couple of away games, and I recognised him, but he was so young, he was so young, and I, I just assumed he was like, oh, Charlton are letting some kid just have a go at doing some sports analysts, he wants to get a job somewhere. But it turned like, the revelations in this Dutch newspaper, which then you know got reported on the, the forum and on the news shopper website, appears to be, and, and you know, I've, I've had it said, I've, I've had it pretty much confirmed to me, that this, this kid, with no football experience, I've had it confirmed to me, that this kid is the guy who was... Making decisions like Jan's not good enough. Like we, we heard yeah. it from Chris Powell, Jan's not good enough. Um, Solly's not good enough. Let's get in the likes of Nago. Let's get in the likes of you know I don't know Razor. All the, the, these players who weren't as good as the players. And, and I mean, <laughs> when when people talk about rebuilding a trust, you can you can understand. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And why a lot of uh, fans would have lost trust uh, with, with the ownership when they heard this story. Yeah, no, certainly. And I think I, the, the only thing I questioned was, was how involved it was last year. Because while I, while I was working at the club, while, on work experience, I remember talking to Guy Luzon about, about certain players and he, he was the one who really wanted Naby Sarr. He was the one who really wanted Burdish. Now, I don't know about any of the other players, and I know when Fry was, uh, Fry, Fry was in charge that players like Vaz Tay were his decisions. So it, it's whether this is transferred still to now, whether there is still a part that he plays, or whether it actually ended a couple of years ago when the, the end of, say, Riga or Bob Peters happened. So it's just it's a question of what, when it happened. But the fact it did happen... Is is something that yeah you can understand, you can totally understand fans' frustrations and and concerns and unfortunately it's it's not only happening in our club you see it you see it elsewhere behind the scenes that that these these people who claim to be like directors of football or things like that you get a couple of experienced coaches and know what they're doing but you also get some who don't have that experience maybe come from a more business point of view and look at it from like well that player's doing well here we'll sign him up for cheap and sell him on when really he's not right for the football club and I think Brentford's mm. another example where they, they totally changed their philosophy and went we saw yeah. how much they struggled particularly the start of, yeah, last, I think the start of last season they ended up sacking yeah. Dirk House and then imagine they brought in uh, the fella from Walsall Dean Smith yeah, so uh, it's a total yeah. change, in, and it's sort of reminiscent. The difference is, is that they saw it early on and thought, "Well, hang on here, we need to bring in yeah. somebody who's probably perhaps a bit, a bit more." They pressed the panic button before panic button before they got relegated <laughs> instead uh, of yeah. after. Yeah, precisely that. And I think Russell was someone that the, the club needed in the middle of when guy lose on the sex. Ultimately, you needed yeah. someone like Russell State to come in and say, "No, we're going to change all this now. We're going to do this now," and that might have kept Charlton up last mm. year. Because if we say, because as we say, like. You look at um, stats. I mean, for starters, I mean, you're guessing the stats he was looking at were based on Belgian second division or whoever, or, or leagues that were nowhere near comparable to, you know, the championship. You know, not not the Premier League, the championship we're in, and these leagues weren't weren't these players weren't good enough. So you assume a 85 percent passing accuracy stat in Belgian second division would not equal an 85 passing uh, percent passing stat in. In our, in well, in the championship, it might do in the league one. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, it, it could be a number of factors. You you got to look at a, a player's mental ability, especially in, in leagues like the championship. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of demand for for success. And one game you can win against the team that's top, and then the next game you lose against the team that's bottom. That's the sort of league it is. And I think there was a lot of players last year who weren't used to that. We're used to say the top teams in like the Belgian leagues or even La Liga places like that that they'll dominate the leagues and then the bottom teams you should beat and, and aren't, aren't going to be selling out stadiums of over 30,000 or or even over 20,000 and it's a real climate change there's a real difference when you come to, to English football and, and League One you see it we've seen some really physical games Cheltenham it was such a physical game and there's a couple of players I won't name names but you, you can tell for a fact they would have really struggled last year. I know mm. we struggled, but <laughs> so we got now. But I think last year's the start of last year's team would have struggled even more. Yeah, and we saw, um, like we say, those those stats. Uh, they, they don't perhaps tie into the quality of football. And as you said, the uh, the, the mental side of it as well. You just you don't get you don't get that sort of um, experience, and, and you don't know what sort of character you're bringing in just by looking at how many shots they've had on target over the season, do you? No, exactly, and. As you said, it's, it's, it's a whole different game and the game's not played 
on a on a paper or or, or st- statistics is played you know through through real life you you make a split decision like that you don't you don't look at stats and think well this week I'm going to try passing to the left 10 times more because it's going to give me uh, more passing accuracy you think right this time I'm going to score a goal or this time I'm I'm going to play in that player it's it's different feelings and and just statistics and I hope it's a, it's a learning curve and one that that won't be repeated Right, you're listening to Charlton Live, the big match preview here on uh, Maritime Radio. We're going to look ahead to the game with Fleetwood Town on uh, on Saturday in a moment. We're going to have a quick break now and chat about uh, how our under-23 team turned out to be the world's greatest team. This is fed in, lovely touch. Goes round his player, chips across the box. Jackson! Oh, yes! What a goal by Johnny Jackson! Arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live. Your favourite music and everything local. Your Maritime Radio. Carol, a heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton Live. That's John live here on Maritime Radio. Right on Monday, uh, our development squad uh, took on Coventry City here at the Valley, and they promptly wiped the floor with them seven-two. I mean, that's uh, in any level of football. That's that's an exciting scoreline, isn't it? Yeah, and it's great news. I think that under tw- looking at the, the strength of that under twenty-three squad or under twenty-one, whatever they call themselves these days, is uh, is is very pleasing. I think Jason Yule's been developing them with along with Simon Clark. Who did that last year? Um, for the last couple of years, and there's some really recognisable faces. Um, the one benefit this team will have compared to last year, the, last year there was a lot of loanees at times that just w- wandered off um, halfway through the season. While this year they're going to be quite a cohesive team. Um, players like Regan Charles Cook is someone I think can step up. I think every time I've watched him, he's he's so athletic. He's 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 quick. Um, he's he's got that footballing brain, and I think he's someone that, that can slot comfortably in in League One. And um, Mikael Kennedy is someone who played first team football last year. Perhaps was thrown in the deep end too early, and has a little bit of ability. Whether he can do it in League One is yet to be mm-hmm. seen. We've mentioned Hearn Grant already. Hanlon's been featured in in the first team games, as has Joshi Mera. So. Already, there's there's four or five names there that that could possibly step up. So it's great news. It's, it's ironic. There might even be a little bit of a benefit for the under twenty three team that we have got relegated because last season we'd be looking at sending out our, our, our young players on loan to League One and, and League Two. But now we're actually in League One. For them, perhaps hmm. they might see it as a chance to get into the first team at this club at a more acceptable level to them. I think we've got to find the right time to to put them in. I think last year we we tended to use them when. <laughs> when we were in need of, of players, when we needed someone, but I think this year it should they should be used when someone's rested or you know we've got a couple of games in a row, so you so you want to try out someone new, and I I, I think that's what the difference, um, and certainly like that's what we've done with Consa, he's been used in, like that, and he's he's, he's shone through, and uh, same with Gomez when he came through a couple of years ago, so I think the likes of Charles Cook and and Hearn Grant will be will be eager for 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 an opportunity, and I'm sure they'll step up. Mm. Goals, uh, seven goals came from uh, Ahern Grant got two, Mikhail Kennedy got one, Charles Cook got one, Josh Umera got one. I, I did an interview with Josh Umera after a Kent Senior Cup game at Bromley and I called him Joe throughout the entire thing. And he didn't, he didn't correct me, he's very polite. And, uh, and also, uh, there was an own goal and there was a goal from Reco Hackett Fairchild who's, uh, on trial and I think he's from Dulwich Hamlet. 
Um, and basically, because he's got a funny name, we should sign him. That's a really posh name, isn't it? That's a quality it? name. Reco, Reco Hackett Fairchild. He plays polo at the weekends. <laughs> well, we never know. I mean, like, some, like, like we've already sort of alluded to, I mean, Cag, he, the more he plays under 23 level, I mean, like we say, he stands out there, the more he's going to, the closer he's going to be coming to, to being ready. But we've seen Joshy Mary had his, um, he's, he's, he's had his first team debut, which was up at Hull, and I think we were already 5-0 down, possibly 6-0 <laughs> down when he was thrown on, so possibly not the greatest way to have your debut. But, you know, players like that, they'll, they'll look at, especially what, what Hanlon's done, he's, he's found himself in and around mm-hmm. the squad this year, what, as you say, what Cons has done. They, they'll, they'll look at that as something to aim for, really, won't they? I think as well, that, that Russell is the sort of manager who will know when a player's ready. He he wouldn't throw them in for the sake of it. He'll know when when the likes of Han Grant deserve an opportunity. I remember when Hanlon came in in the summer. I was thinking, well, hang on, I saw him last year under twenty three. Didn't really stand out, but to be fair, he, he's he's performed all right, and he came on against Bolton, and I thought he did really well. So, you know, I trust I trust Slade with his judgment. I think. Concert so far has been excellent, and he's someone we always saw as as, as being a potential first teamer. We didn't think it'd be this early, though, especially with the centre backs we do have uh, at our disposal. But credit to him and cre- credit to Russell for for getting that. But also, so I think it's quite an exciting time for our, for our youngsters. I think um, it, we've always produced good young players. It's just a matter of keeping them and, and trying to develop them further. And I think a lot of them will see what's happened to Diego Poyet. Some of them will look at the, obviously Joe Gomez and think, well, you know, he's, you know. If it wasn't for injury, he'd be probably playing first team football for Liverpool still and think, oh, I want to be like that. But then they'll look at Casey Palmer, they'll yeah. look at Diego Poy have gone to these big clubs and just been shipped out on loan or in Diego's case just been just been released. Yeah, it's ironic really that um at Liverpool, I think Marino, the left back, was the one who really struggled in that first game against Arsenal. And you know that you know that you could put in Joe Gomez out of position, he would have played better than them. He played he played at left back, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah, I'm guessing Liverpool fans will be uh, eager for him to get uh, fit again. Right, so after the, uh, uh, well, outstanding win, I guess, against uh, Coventry City, uh, Ollie Green, the club's media officer, caught up with Jason Newell. So let's have a little update from Jason Newell about uh, how he sees the, the season going so far for the under-23s. Jason, a convincing 7-2 victory over Coventry today. You must be pleased with that. Yeah, I'm pleased with the, the scoreline. Uh, we should have scored a few more goals. I know it sounds greedy, but we should have done. But... Um, no, overall pleased with the result. It's still three points in the, the day, which is what why I asked the boys after last week's performance at Colchester and wanted a response. But even though with the result, I think there's still things that we need to do better at during the course of the game and how we manage it. But pleased that we got back to winning ways. Obviously, going into the the half time break with four one up, quite convincing lead at that time. What do you say to the lads? Because they came came out and kept going, scored three goals in quick succession, which pretty much finished the game off. But was that always a plan? Go out and and, and kill him off, or, or did you what did you say to them? It was a little bit of both because I was critical from them when we scored the third goal, because then after that it was we switched off for an eight minute period where they got the penalty straight away just by lazy defending as a collective, which pulled the goal, the goal deficit by two and anything can happen from there. I mean, yes, we got the the goal quite early in the second half, but I said it's just really at half-time about making sure we don't make those errors and just make sure we don't get complacent. And the big picture is, is the game management, how we manage the game in and out of possession. We're in a comfortable lead, but we don't go ahead and do silly things to, to close that gap. But it was a case of getting the fast start, similar to what we got in, in the first half. And... Um, just pleased that we contained them to sort of limited chances but I think we sort of made it a little bit too easy for them when they had the ball but 
it was one of those sort of games where it's even at this stage or any age it's hard to know when you're in a position of a scoreline as it was to, to keep trying to do the right things and that's what I'm trying to implement to them if it's a 1-0 scoreline or, or a 7-1, 7-2 scoreline. I know you were very disappointed last time out having been beaten 2-0 at Colchester. It's just the perfect tonic to, to forget about that and I guess it's what you asked of them today. Yeah, and I said to them before the game because in terms of coincidence, last year we played Colchester as our third game and we lost 2-1. This year it was our third game and we lost 2-0 and then last year it was Coventry as the fourth game similar to today. And last year we drew one all with Coventry and the unbeaten run started. So I said to the boys today, in terms of the coincidences, we play Coventry again, let the unbeaten run start from today. So it was the, the perfect way to sort of try and forget about last week, move on and get points on the board. Obviously there were some good individual performances out there, Carlin getting a couple of goals, Mikhail Kennedy on the score sheet, Josh Mera. Carlin obviously picked up an injury in the second half. He had to go off. Is there any news on that? Is he doing all right? No, he's fine, KG. He was more precaution. I mean, he was only due to play 60 minutes and got the knock quite early in the in the second half, so it wasn't really worth trying to just put him back on to finish that the further 10, 15 minutes that he had. But no, it's just more precaution in terms of getting him off and making sure he's right. Obviously, we had Adam Chickson get another hour or so, 70 minutes under his belt, so that was worthwhile for him as well. Yeah, no, on one hand, it's good for him to get the game time under his belt since he's been with us. He got the 30 minutes last week against Southampton, and it's just more him building up on his game time. He hasn't had that much, but also for him to to know what the younger players are about as well, you know, see the, the younger players at the club, what they're about. And... Uh, what he sort of brought to us as well is that bit of experience in terms of the talking and the organisation. I think that's what we need to do more as a group in terms of helping each other out just by being more vocal. Finally, it's Leeds away, I believe, next next week, this time next week. I guess you'd take the same scoreline up there? I'd take 1-0, 6-2, as long as I can just try and get a, a good performance from minute one to minute 90 plus and don't complicate things for us and just being able to manage games of football better. He's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armakashi! Oh, that's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike! That is outrageous. Right-footed. Well, saw Armak off his line. What a goal! Live. Your favourite music and everything local. Your Maritime Radio. So welcome back to uh, Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. It is your favourite music and everything local they play out here uh, from the Valley. And obviously we're a bit biased because they've uh, they've taken us on uh, Maritime Radio. But I've been, li- I've been listening throughout the afternoon. Duncan and his team have been doing a really good job if you want to listen to uh, you know the local news, the local travel, some good, really good music. They have a nice variety of music. Uh, make sure you tune in to Maritime Radio. Uh, uh, MaritimeRadio.London is their website. You can actually, if you just go to the Channel Live website, you can listen through that anyway. Uh, and uh, search for them on the, the TuneIn app, 101.4 FM, if you're in the Greenwich area uh, as well. Right, uh, the reason we haven't played at Scunthorpe, most of League One did, but we didn't because we had three players off on international duty. So we've had a, a weekend uh, off. Uh, what did you do on your weekend off, Stubbers? Anything, anything uh, else? I was 
And, oh god, you put me on a spot there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling to remember. Yes, I know. You didn't no, go to Fabric, okay. did you? Is that what you've forgotten? Uh, no, I didn't no. go to Fabric. No. <laughs> okay. R.I.P. Fabric. Yeah, yeah no. And, uh, I was, I was out at my grandparents, so I had a lovely week. It made, made me think, why do I bother doing football? I had a lovely oh, weekend. Oh, no, no, no. I, yeah, I was at, I was at my girlfriend's and, uh, and won myself a little, little wager. Won myself a bet. It was, oh. it was a good. It was a good weekend. Yeah. Bet on so, what? Accumulator. Oh, nice, yeah. nice, no, nice, nice. Right. Yeah. So uh, good. Was it? Was it on Jordan Bocarta getting a goal and assist in his uh, game for the DR Congo? They're the sort of bets my old housemate used to do. He used to wake <laughs> up at three a.m. and bet on like Chilean third division. Bet on any any team scoring any old sort of goal, and he used to win them as well. But yeah, no great news for for Pataka, and he's someone who's who's not really been given an opportunity yet, and he must be a bit frustrated. He's come on loan to get games, um, and and when he has played, hasn't necessarily set the world alight. I mean, that cameo in his debut was <laughs> was one of the one of the worst I've seen. But he's there's clearly something about him, and we, we've yet to see that. And um, it's good that he's gone away on international duty. He set one up and he scored one as well. His goal, he? his goal was a really lovely finish, and his, and his assist. assist was fantastic. If you, um, I'm trying to think if I retweeted, but if you if you guys follow the football ramble on Twitter, they tweeted a video of his goal because of, his, hey, of think, his assist. I think a Pataka yeah. tweeted, but it yeah, in fact, as well. Botaka, yeah, because if you look at the the, the Botaka goal is really good. If you look at the Botaka assist, it's the best piece of football footage ever because he's going down the right. A drone flies over the pitch. <laughs> then he puts in a lovely cross, and it's a great finish. Then there's a really funny celebration as well. Yeah, there's really... like three or four different celebrations <laughs> on the pitch. But yeah, it's, no, it's great news for for him, and they've they've qualified for the African Cup of Nations mm. for January, which isn't good news for us. Well, <laughs> then yeah. he'll go off. Um... I was I was told by um, a Belgian journalist actually Sven Klaas when, when he when he joined, he, he was telling me that the reason he's come here is because he wants to get games to make sure that he's in that that squad for the African mm. uh, Cup of Nations. Like we said, he, he hasn't had that chance yet. The the, the game he came on uh, the, the first time was was a struggle for him. He didn't he yeah. didn't play very well. Um, I think he, did he come on the very dying embers of another game? I think it's Bolton possibly for the last couple of minutes. No, I, I think, think what was it Shrewsbury? I Shrewsbury, can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think was, we seen, we seen was him, another game. Yeah, we seen him on. for about two other minutes elsewhere. But like I said, he hasn't had that chance yet. I mean, there's clearly something there. We just ain't seen it yet. Have we? Yeah, I mean, Leeds fans liked him. They said he was a little bit inconsistent, but he definitely had it in his his locker. And we we saw the assist there. I know it's a different type of football where you know someone. Will question the quality of of, of the game he, he featured in at the weekend, but certainly from a from personal point of view, I think he, he tried too hard in his, his little cameo. I think every time he got the ball, he looked to take players on, and he, he really wanted to try and beat them, and he, he overdid it at times. And I think he just needed to do the simple thing, just pass it off, and then try and take a player on when it was the right opportunity. And I'm I'm sure there'll come a time, you know, we we do have a. a Slight lack of depth, as we've already mentioned, in, in the wing areas, and I'm sure there'll come a time when when he'll come on and 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 hopefully he'll do well for us. Right, Josh McGuinness, he's uh, off with his his Northern Irish teammates. Obviously, we know he represented them. Uh, came off the bench for every game at Euro 2016. He came off the bench again uh, after 59 minutes. They 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 uh, had a goal to strike in the Czech Republic, which is a good good result for uh, Northern yeah. Ireland. I think quite fancy quite fancy Northern Ireland now when they go away to difficult teams to go out there and get a result. Whereas two or three years ago, you wouldn't at all. No, um, and uh, McGuinness sums up their sort of ethos. He, he works hard. He he puts in a shift, and he was. I, I watched I watched the second. half for bits of the second half and he is very much a lone front man trying to chase things down and they were pegged up a, uh, pegged back a bit a, l- a little bit Northern Ireland but they, they held it out I think their right back place for Fleetwood actually McCoughlin yeah. um, and he, he was outstanding so um, no credit to them and, and good news for us again that McGuinness is, is going to be picking up some confidence interesting with that. quotes that came out I think they came out in the news shopper uh, during the week that McGuinness said that the uh, League One is better quality 
than the Scottish Premier League, which, apart from, uh, well, Celtic and you assume the new Rangers will be sort of there mm. as well. Um, uh, now they've got promoted again. Well, you, you, can you say that? Because I remember when we when we were sort of struggling mid-table in League One, we shipped um, Akpo Sodji off to Kilmarnock, who were fourth in the Scottish Premier League. And I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's a, it's a difficult one. Again, it's just. League One is a is a more physical league. It's a bit you do have that little bit of quality at times. I mean, Ricky Holmes is a quality player, but as you mentioned, you know you got Rangers and Celtic in Scotland. But for someone who's played in both to say that, then you're, you're probably more likely to trust their judgment. Um, certainly in Scotland, there's a big divide where the, the the teams that are in that league there's there's a couple that only get a few thousand in a week compared to say Celtic and Rangers who've got massive stadiums and there lies the problem. There needs to be more funding in that league, but. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's a bit brave saying that. <laughs> Josh I was looking because I saw the daily record ran with those quotes again today, like quite recently this evening, and I was looking at the uh, <laughs> responses to it, all the Fs and the Cs, and oh, he was rubbish up here, blah 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 blah. So there, uh, it wasn't taken too kindly by no. uh, by the Scottish uh, football fans. Now, finally, still a Charlton player, so we can report on him, Adam Ola-Lookman. Uh, uh, when he went and played for the England under 20s so that's an mm-hmm. age because he was with the under nineteens in summer wasn't he I think yeah yeah so that's an age group up for him uh, they lost a, a friendly 2-1 to Brazil he, but he came on at half time when it was 2 new anyway so yeah they, they yeah. changed their, their team totally at half time it was like two different sides and uh, it's great experience for him some of the, the, the players in the under 20 team Lewis Cook was involved um, oh god I can't, I can't remember the others now but there were so many good players coming through and it's, it's a credit to, to not only Charlton but to Adam Ola that he's involved in, in that t- England team <laughs> so you, really you have to think about the story because now, now we're in the little world of Adam Ola Lookman we know he's a great player but you only have to look just over 12 months ago and he was playing for Waterloo FC I mean, uh, yeah, well, no, but was it? Yeah, it was two two years ago. Yeah. He was playing for Waterloo FC, and I remember last year doing the work experience that he was the one player in the under 18s I remember seeing him for the first time, thinking, "Who the hell is this? This is <laughs> this kid's like he's too good." It was like we we got a, lo- a trialist or a loanee from from out of nowhere. He was he was so good, and I wasn't surprised to see him make a step up last year. And um, I can't wait for, to see him. I can't wait to see him regularly in a trial because we've not seen it. Last year, he didn't play twenty um, like every single game. We sort of used him in different ways. We used him up front. We used him on the wing. Um, he, was, he was on the bench quite a lot. And I think now he's he's fit. Now he's probably ready to 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 play regularly. He's going to be a key player for us. And he, if he plays as as good as he can, he, he'll easily win something like Player of the Year. He's he's that good, and oh, easy, I just yeah. hope that we keep him from the whole season. I don't see the point of him going to to a Premier League team in January unless he's going to play first team football. What's the point? He, he might go out on loan again, and I think for his development, League League One is a good good league for him. Yeah, excellent. So that's how our Addicts uh, players got on as they were off on their international duty over the last uh, couple of weeks. Now, just before we look ahead to the, the Fleetwood game, a couple of uh, bits, a uh, bit of uh, admin to get out there. Uh, if you need, if you need to get up to the the upcoming away games, the Oxford game, or indeed, I think they might still have spare seats. They had nine spare seats for the Fleetwood game. The uh, Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust have uh, started their own coach uh, company or coach uh, tours to uh, rival the clubs one. They're a little bit cheaper. Uh, well, they're a lot cheaper if you look at, I think, Oxford's £20 from the club or it's something like £12, I think, from uh, from, from the trust. So if you if you, uh, you want to try and get a coach up to uh, Fleetwood, I think that was £20, uh, try and contact the China Athletic Supporters Trust, CA, uh, I think CAS Trust on, uh, on Twitter, and they'll have the details for you. Uh, and finally, now... 
on um uh, on the club website during the week we saw they're going to refurb the Jimmy Seed stand sign, which I think is very much been a long time coming. It's sort of faded away, and we know that Jim Dutton, which is Jimmy Seed's grandson, along with the uh, patrons of the uh, Charlton Athletic Museum, uh, have, have worked hard to try and get that done. So those two have... Uh, looks like they've twisted the arm of the club, and they're going to try and fix that sign now. I, I want to start a new campaign to get a new sign on a different roof, because I love signs. Um, the covered ends... <laughs> I always thought because we know we like a lot of people sometimes accidentally call it the North Stand. I'm sure I've probably done it plenty of times as well. But it's the covered end. It's, it's always been the covered end from way beyond our time when it was the only mm-hmm. uh, any end of the ground that had a cover covered end. Um, now I think it would look really good just to have the words the covered end or covered end, probably the covered end, just on the roof of of the covered end. <laughs> now just, just to make sure that everyone remembers it's always called the covered end. Now will you join me in my campaign? I'll join you in a campaign. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I think. Um, I, I'm a fan of, of renaming stands as long as they have some purpose to it and some meaning. And as you said, that, that has some meaning. I'm j- just also to add, I'm, I'm really glad that the Jimmy Seed uh, stand is, is going to get refurbished. I remember going on the pitch last year and doing the, the Charlton Snapchat, and 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 Jim, uh, Jim Jimmy's uh, grandson was on the pitch doing a p- parade in front of it, and I couldn't actually get <laughs> see the Jimmy Seed stand um, <laughs> sign behind him where the, the sun was was glaring in you couldn't see it at all so yeah. when i was saying the picture it just looked like uh jim was just standing in front of the <laughs> in front of a stand he, he couldn't <laughs> tell it's a jimmy c stand yeah. so certainly on that point of view it's, it's a great great and news ryan, ryan mason has asked me to mention that they're they're hoping he'd like to start a campaign to get one of the stands i think the west or the east stand named after alan kirby which would be another fine like, recipient yeah i mean like i said i'm a fan of uh, stands being renamed i think what, uh, probably more i'd like to see the east be renamed at some point i don't know if that's a immediate concern or anything i think that's something perhaps more for the future but it's certainly something that can be done right we've uh got five minutes or so or four minutes really to preview Fleetwood uh Charlton Connection this week Richard Wood you've done some extensive research on, on Richard Wood the Charlton legend uh I remember seeing him at the service station after we beat Sheffield Wednesday in the cup uh yeah he played 26 times <laughs> <laughs> debut against Oxford United no look I don't have much on on Richard Wood unfortunately I just remember him being like a, a, a steady squad player, he featured in the, the, the quarterfinal win against, uh, or sorry, the, the should I say the round of 16 win against Sheffield Wednesday away at Hillsborough, um, and then played in the quarterfinal against Sheffield United and didn't have particularly the, the best of games. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's all that's we've really we got. Got. We promised you'd be a short <laughs> Charlton connection, so we need to play. We need to play teams who've had more, you know, better players. But I think it goes to show, players. like in all seriousness, the the, the the team Fleetwood were playing on this weekend. I'm sure we'll mention it in a minute, but. This is a team that have come through the lower ranks throughout yeah, the years. What was that tweet they put out earlier? I mean, uh, was it 2008? So 2007, we were, we were Premier League, they were Northern Premier League. <laughs> yeah, precisely. So, is, I mean, people will be familiar with the story of, of Salford City at the moment. Well, Fleetwood Town did it with, with a little bit less money. So, I mean, that, that sums up really that we've only got two mutual players and one of them still plays for them. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so let, let's look ahead to that game with uh, the Cod Army. On uh, is it Cod Army they call Cod themselves? Army, yeah, yeah, on uh, on Saturday up at up at Highbury. Um, I don't know. I don't know which was the original Highbury, but this is the only one still standing as a football ground. Anyway, uh, Uwe Rosler, the manager, we remember having fun and games with him when Bob Peters had celebrated in front of him against Wigan. It started as yeah, only cut- the start of a couple of seasons. <laughs> <ago>. <laughs> yeah, there's a, good, there's a good story about that where. I can't say it because we're on radio. But <laughs> Rosler called Peters a, a certain c-word for his first manager. Yeah, yeah that, that, that used to be a that used to be a slur that did. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, looking at our team, uh, we've heard uh, Jacko's probably 
probably a doubt at best. Uh, Lee Novak coming back. I mean, do you reckon, do you reckon we'll see the, the debut for Ulfstad? I think we will. I think he'll come in for Jackson. I think I, my personal prediction is that Adamola will start as well. I think um, the only thing is because we're away from home, Russell might decide to stick with Foley on the wing, maybe as a little bit of cover, and then bring on Adamola. But after his performance against Barn, be disappointed to see Lutman not start. But certainly Ulfstad. I imagine we'll come into the middle of midfield probably with, with Crofts and then uh, Holmes on the wing and uh, Lee Novak's in contention. He's someone I feel, I feel a bit sorry for. He's, he, when he was signed, he was signing that everyone was sort of pleased with. He's played League One level last year, fantastic player at, the, at this level and he's, he's not had a chance yet but hopefully he'll get some minutes on Saturday. Yeah, so we'll see how that, uh, how that works. Uh, a couple of tweets from Roger Trask says we should have the North Stand Toilets named after Roland Duchatelet and uh, Bob, Liscombe, <laughs> Bob Liscombe says happy birthday to Chris Powell now there's a stand name for the future can I suggest the, the Louis Mendes dugout <laughs> for Russell Slade is yeah, that- yeah I think he'd I think he'd love that and I think yeah. we'd all love that <laughs> uh, right almost run out of time now but as is uh, traditionally when, when uh, Nathan and Tom are here uh, we, we go for a prediction so you have to stand in do you want to be Nathan or do you want to be Tom Oh no, that's like picking your favourite son or daughter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you could be not your... that happened here, but <laughs> not that you know of. <laughs> well, what were you really doing in Hastings over the weekend? <laughs> it's, it's a family show. <laughs> so, I mean, let, as you predict as yourself, Greg Stubbley, what what would you think we're going to do uh, up at up at uh, Fleetwood? On we're going to win one 0 Louis. Yeah, another yeah. away win, second away win in a row. Second away win. It's going to be a tight one. We're going to get a goal early doors, and then we're going to we're going to part the bus somewhat second half, and we're going to. Conway, 1-0 win. Nicky and Jose. Comprehensive 3-0 win for me. I'm feeling lucky. Ooh. Right, you've been listening to Charlton Live. It's the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. Don't forget, we'll be back here on Maritime Sunday evening, 7pm, to uh, rake over the coals of whatever happens up at Highbury on Saturday. Uh, Mr Stubbley, thanks for joining us here. Cheers, Louis. Thank I've you I've been much. Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live. Time to hand you back to Maritime Radio. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 